Yes, give it to Jesus. Give your clap to Jesus. Appreciate him for his goodness, for his kindness. All too soon, we are just about ending one month in the year 2022. The Lord is good. His mercies endure it forever. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we have been? If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, somebody clap your hands and praise him this morning. Give him glory. Give him thanks. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. To the name of the Lord forever and ever. Somebody say a big amen. amen. Lift up your Bibles with me. And say with me, say this is my Bible. Alright. Are you ready? Say this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am not a hearer only. I am a doer of the word. Wave that Bible. Wave it and let the devil get angry. And say a big amen. amen. Lift up your hands. Please put out your Bible and lift up your hands. Briefly let's pray this prayer. We are praying just one prayer this morning. Please say with me. Say in the name of Jesus. It is established. My heavens are opened. Permanently opened. Never to close again. My father. I decree. In the name of Jesus. That any door. Any gate. That must open. In the month of January. In the month of February. Today, in Jesus' name, let it open right now. Let it open right now. As I enter the next month, I am entering an open door. I enter an open door. My gates are opened financially, spiritually, maritally, spiritually. On every side, lift up your voice and pray that prayer right now. Yes, you are praying only one prayer. Lift up your voice as I get ready to enter another month. As I get ready to enter the month of February, my doors are open, my gates are open, my opportunities are open. It is open on every side. Yes. In February, your doors are open. In February, your doors are open. Let the door open before you enter the next month. In the name of Jesus, Kadada, Rabada da 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 basha 
Yes. 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 One minute more. Can you lift up your voice? Pray. 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 In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout on top of your voice and say, My gates are opened. Say in February, my doors are permanently opened. Say from today, I walk into a new gate. I walk into a new opportunity. I walk into a new open door. In the name of Jesus, say in February, my level has changed. Say it for the last time. Say in February, my level has changed. Clap your hands and be, shout a big amen if you believe your level has changed. Hallelujah. Please be seated quickly. Glory be to Jesus. So, our resident pastor is not in church this morning. He has to take care of some very urgent things. And so, if you don't see Reverend Pan, it's because he's taking care of some very, very urgent something. Somebody say amen. amen. Yes. Alright. Please turn to First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58. Glory to Jesus. It says Therefore First Corinthians 15 58. Yep. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Are you in church this morning? I said amen. amen. All right. I'm going to teach very, very briefly this morning. So this morning, I'm talking about being steadfast. In the next few minutes, I'm going to talk about being steadfast. All right? Now, a lot of people, a lot of Christians do backslide after great victories in the spirit or after a lot of spiritual victories. Many Christians either will backslide or they would plateau when I say plateau, it means that Otimdiotim. You know Otimdiotim? Eh? Jessica, do you know Otimdiotim? Uh-huh. So, they don't move anymore. And if you would take notice of your life, most of the times, your downward trend begins usually after sometimes a long period of fasting and prayer. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed it. Or after the day you've prayed very long or something, if you are not steadfast, you begin to experience what we call a downward spiritual trend. Or you begin to go backwards in your Christian life. And I'm going to prefer some reasons why that happens so that this year you will not be a victim to any such occurrence. Are you understanding what I'm saying this morning? 
Please, are you still with me this morning? All right. So when you read the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, in the subsequent chapters, we see the context between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. How many of you remember that story? Please, if you remember the story, let me see your hand. All right. So Elijah and the prophets of Baal had a contest on Mount Carmel. And the whole contest was that the God who answers his people by fire, let him be God. The prophets of Baal came on the scene. They shook, they jumped, they cut themselves. Their God couldn't answer by fire. And Elijah repaired the altar and called upon God. And his God answered by fire. I'm glad to tell you the God that answered Elijah by fire, he is a God you and I serve. But after the context, when you come to chapter 19 of 1 Kings, verse 1, 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 1. Please read it for me quickly. It says, And Ahab told Jezebel mm-hmm. all that Elijah had done and without how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. So he's talking about how Elijah had slain the prophets of Baal with the sword. Go on. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. So in this scripture, after Elijah had killed the prophets of Baal because um, they couldn't call down fire. 400 prophets, 400. He killed all of them. He didn't even leave one. And then when he finished, he left. And then Jezebel, the witch, sent a message to Elijah the prophet that tomorrow by this time, if I don't cut off your head like you have done to my prophets, then it is not me. Now, a man who had killed 400 prophets of Baal, men, and the men, even if they had lost the battle spiritually, physically, they couldn't overpower Elijah. Because 400 men should be, even if they were women, they should have been able to beat him up, isn't it? But they couldn't. A man who had just called down fire from heaven, when he heard a message from one woman called Jezebel, that tomorrow by this time I'll cut off your head. He started running away. <laughs> Is somebody with me this morning? And when you read verse 10, I'm going to paraphrase it. From verse 10, Elijah begins to run. It start, in fact, it starts from verse 9. He begins to run and run and run. And then in verse 11, um, Okay, verse 10, he says, And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant and thrown down thy altars and slain thy prophets with a sword. I, even I only, am left and they seek to take my life. So now, Elijah is saying that God, they have killed all the prophets that belong to you. And I am the only prophet left in town. I am the only prophet in town. This is a man who was running away from Jezebel. After, you know, it would take a certain anointing to call down fire from heaven, isn't it? But after he called down fire from heaven, after he had prophesied that there is a sound of abundance of rain, after he had received an anointing to run and overtake the chariot of Ahab, 
after all those exploits, this man is running away because of one woman. May you receive grace to be steadfast and never run away from any battle. So, most of the times, what happens to a lot of Christians is that after a lot of spiritual battle, things begin to happen. And if you are not careful, there are a number of things that makes your Christian life begin to become very dodgy. And this morning, I trust God to open your eyes so that as the year progresses, your spiritual life will also progress. That as the year progresses, you will not be a victim of any setback in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Let me give you another example. You remember the man Peter, Apostle Peter. How many of you remember Peter? Yeah. No, I don't mean you are called Peter, but you remember Peter in the Bible. Wave your hand at me if you remember Peter in the Bible. Okay. That was the chief apostle. Now, Peter, when Jesus asked the very crucial question, who do men say I am? Some said you are Elijah. Some said you are Moses. Some said you are this. Then Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? It took Peter to understand or buy into the mind of the spirit. Have revelation at that very moment and say that you are the Christ. The son of the most high God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. The next moment, Jesus said, I'm going to die. Then Peter said, I rebuke you. You cannot die. Now, the same man that prophesied and said that you are the Christ. That the next moment, Peter had gone backwards into the flesh. And was behaving carnally. And Jesus had to rebuke the devil out of the same man. Who Jesus said to him that upon thee, upon this I will make my church. Am I talking to somebody here? No, please. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? In one minute, the man was giving revelation straight from heaven, downloaded inside straight from the throne room of God. The next moment, Satan had entered him. Yes, Satan entered him because Jesus said that I rebuke thee, Satan. Why was the Satan he was rebuking? He was looking at Peter. So come out, devil. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? So, that you have prayed for 21 days and you have fasted for 21 days. That you have been anointed with oil and God has spoken to you. And God has shown you his plan. is no means a guarantee that if you are not steadfast, you will not fall. So, Paul said the other day, let he that thinks he's standing be careful else he falls away. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. This is not one of the years that you'll go back. Forward ever, backwards never. In February, you'll be better than January. In March, you'll be better than February. You will never have a better last month. Your best months are ahead of you. If your amen is louder, you are the one I'm speaking to. I said you will never have a better yesterday. Your best days are ahead of you. Every coming day will be better than the past day. I said this year will be better than last year. Lift up your hand and shout, I receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, what makes Christians become so vulnerable? Quickly, what is it that makes Christians become so vulnerable? And I'm going to be very, very practical with us. Have you noticed that when you are about to finish your fasting and prayer, number one, you have a, a very strong craving for food. 
How many of you have noticed that? No, why? Those of you whose hands are down, is it that you don't fast or you've never fasted before? Or what I'm saying, I'm lying. If I'm lying, you tell me that, Bishop O'Malley. And calling me. How many of you have noticed that after fasting, when you are about to finish, your appetite for food comes very strong? Let me see your hand. Yeah. All right. Now, it is not wrong, it is very natural. But listen carefully to me. The devil takes advantage of your fasting and introduces or increases your appetite for food and gives you the impression that you have done enough. So it's okay to eat. Eat. When Jesus was fasting, not at the beginning, Satan did not tempt him at the beginning. He did not tempt him in the middle of his fasting. He tempted him towards the end of his fasting. That, ah, you are hungry. Turn these stones into bread and eat. Eat. And you know, when you've done 21 days, you feel like, Charlie, you've done well. And trust me, the truth of the matter is that you have done very well. Oh, I thought you clap for you clap for yourself. But what happens is that you begin to feel like, oh, I've done well. The rest of the, the rest of February, even if I don't fast in any day of February, I've paid my dues, I've done well. And so you go on an eating spree. So if you are not careful, the whole of February, you are not likely to fast. Because you feel you've done enough. Now, what I'm saying, have somebody experienced it before? No, no, no. Don't, all liars will go to. Hey. What I'm saying, have somebody experienced it before? Yeah. Because that impression comes that, oh, you've done well, you've done enough. So it's okay. It is okay to relax for a little while. The other thing that happens is that the devil begins to tell you that, oh, you, you've pushed, you've come to church every blessed day in January. Relax a little. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with somebody and the person quoted something Bishop Doug said. And wow, it, when I was going home, I was just thinking about it. I've never heard Bishop Doug, but the person quoted, he said, Bishop Doug used to say that the world is ruled by tired men. The world is ruled by tired men. Is it true? No, no, tell me, is it true? You will never see anybody ruling the world who is not tired. The, this world is ruled by tired men, and I believe it. Those who always say, oh, my bread, my my some people, every day you meet them, I'm tired, I'm resting. You call them in the morning, I'm resting. In the afternoon, I'm resting. In the evening, you are resting. At midnight, you are resting. What are you resting from? Ask somebody, what have you been resting from? No, no, no. Don't, don't talk to the person like you, you don't understand what I'm saying. Ask the person for me, what have you been resting from? And ask the person, sister or brother, what have you been resting from? Yeah. Since you started working in ministries 20 something years ago, huh, you have still been working. You don't take a rest from God. You don't take rest from prayer. Now, these things can easily sweep you up your fist. So, you realize that you've had a great spiritual victory. The next minute, you drop. You drop because appetite for food has increased. 
the mindset to step back a little and relax. A little sleep, a little slumber, so shall poverty come unto thee. And that poverty is not just financial poverty, but poverty in all things. Listen to me, child of God. Your spiritual encounter at the beginning of the year is to give you energy to do better the rest of the year. So, what we've done is to give us energy to fight for the rest of the year. Receive that grace to press on to the rest of the year. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Yes, if you are clapping your hands, clap it well. Don't entertain or don't have any sense of entitlement. Spiritual entitlement. I don't have, I've, I've, I've paid my dues. You know the sense of entitlement? Where you begin to feel like, oh, I deserve this. No. Life does not give you what you deserve. It gives you what you fight for. So, there are, one particular day, I went home, we got home around 11 something. I slept after 12 12, almost getting to 1 o'clock. And then by my usual 3 o'clock or something, I had to wake up. And I could feel it in my body. My body was telling me, you are tired. I said, no. This routine must not be broken. You must push it. You must push it. You must push it. You see, when the devil wants to attack your spiritual life, it is not always he will come with sin. Because, for example, there are certain men who have passed the age of sexual desires. Sometimes by dent of age, maybe at a certain age, when you even see a woman, you know, like David, when he was about to die, he was so old, he was so weak. They brought him a virgin, Abishak. And Abishak came to lie by him. And he didn't have a lift and raise. When they brought the woman and David couldn't have sex with the woman, then he said, oh, the man would die. Because David, he has seen fresh girl and David did not have erection. No, 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 so even David, there was a time when he was not getting erection. So, <laughs> and even Solomon, you got to a day when he said, Charlie, all is vanity, I'm tired. Are you understand what I'm talking about? So it is not everybody that Satan will tempt with sex and other things like that. So sometimes, don't think that when the devil is going to fight your spiritual life, he will use only sin. No. One of the things he uses is a sense of entitlement. To make you feel like, oh, I've done, you've done enough, you've done well. Relax a little. Are you with me, church? Oh, you don't understand what I'm, what I'm teaching this morning? No, ask somebody, do you understand what Bishop is teaching this morning? And see, what I'm telling you, eh, it is also from a personal experience. And so, when I know I have to push the most, it's when I have done something very spiritual and you realize that you've reached a certain level, if you don't take care, the next minute you drop. So some people, after January, they disappear from church. You know why? They feel like I've come to church one month. Say, 
The devil is a liar. I see you moving faster and moving forward. You see, even your amen cry, it is like you have an entitlement. I said you are moving faster and you are moving forward. Are you blessed this morning? Are you sure you are blessed this morning? So don't, don't only be expecting that you will see sin coming, you know, and then some man is tempting you or some woman is tempting you. That one is there. That one is there. But I'm saying that at some point, the devil will not use that one because some of you, you know, somebody told me that naturally, I didn't, you know, there's something we call biological niceness. Some people biologically, they are nice. There are people who are not, who are not, who are not, not born again and naturally, they don't like men. They don't like women. Isn't it true? Yes. Some people, they are not born again, but naturally they don't drink. Such a person, if he becomes born again, the devil will not tempt him with drink. Because you know that when they say it in the, in the tree, this thing, um, the way they say it in the tree um, news, uh, um, you know, there are some people who, who naturally never liked any such of those things. But when you become a Christian, the devil will tempt everybody with that sense of entitlement that, hey, relax a little. Take it easy, small. But listen, that is a trap. It is a landfill. It is a minefield. Once you step on it, you will get blasted. May God open your eyes. So, what must you do? What should I do? Now that you've understood this. I, I really hope you've understood what I'm trying to say. Do you, are you sure you understand what I'm trying to say? Alright. So once you've understood this, what must you do? Develop a routine that makes you alert. Develop a routine that makes you alert. Is that okay? Yeah. Number one, develop a routine with study of the word. With the study of the word. Develop a Bible reading routine. And thankfully this year, the whole church, we have developed a plan that anybody who is willing to go along, we are going to read the whole Bible together as a church from Genesis to Revelation. By December, we would have read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You are not interested, right? You, you don't like it. Yeah. We want to do it together so that we encourage each other. There are a lot of people you've never attempted, you've never read one whole book of the Bible, to, you know, back to back, you've never read one whole book of the Bible, like you take Matthew or something. No. But this year, because we are doing it in a group, you'll be successful. Yeah. Hallelujah. But you have to develop a routine. And I know some people are saying that we, we can't read. We can't, we can't read. Don't worry. We have a plan for you. If you can't even read, we have discovered that there are audio Bibles in Chi, audio Bibles in Khan. So today, when we close church, the IT team will be outside. They will take your phone, download an audio Bible for you, and show you how you can listen to it. Because whether you can read or not, 
the word of God must still come into your life. I, 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 thought, I thought you'd clap your hands and Hallelujah. So take it personal. Hmm? Take it personal. And nothing like, oh, yesterday I slept late, so I'm tired this morning. Once you start that one, you are backsliding. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. So, no, you are backsliding. How can you tell me that you went for a funeral? You came back at 11 p.m. because of that you couldn't come to church. Backslider. In fact, I'm putting it to you that that is a mark of backsliding. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So have a routine. So the routine says that we are going to do it every day. And you want to set it. If it has to be every morning, you do it every morning. Yeah. If it means, yes, if you are clapping your hands, clap it. If it means you have to wake up maybe five minutes earlier or 30 minutes earlier, wake up 30 minutes earlier, put your phone on, put your ears, your earpiece on, tune into that chapter of the Bible. You hear Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then it will be reading. If you can read through, I encourage that you use the book reading. Huh? And then you read it. You read it. I think we are doing about three or four chapters every day. It's not too difficult. It's not too difficult. It will make you a better person. You didn't hear me. I said it will make you a better person. But develop a routine of Bible reading. Later on in the year, I will teach on how to study the Bible. There's a difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible. So later on in the year, I will teach on how to study the Bible. But for this first half, my interest in you, everybody making sure we are reading the Bible. Is that okay? Read. Tell somebody read. Oh, tell somebody read. Uh -uh, you didn't say it. Say read. Yeah. Those of you who went to um, Sunday school, there is a song we used to sing. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. If you want to grow. How many of you remember Sunday school? Yes. Yes, yes. You read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every Let's read it. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. If you want to grow. If you want to If you don't do it, it means you didn't go to Sunday school. Hallelujah. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Mm -hmm. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. If you want to grow. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Are you in church this morning? Are you being blessed? Have a routine of prayer. Now, those of you who were deeply involved last year, you will notice that on daily basis, you prayed at least one hour every day. How many of you noticed that? 
How many of you realize that last year your spiritual life grew? You, you went up spiritually. Let me see your hand. Oh, no, no. Let me see. Wave your hand at me. You know why? Because it was an intentional routine we created. Don't think that you grow spiritually by accident. Nobody grows by accident. Growth is an intentional process. That is why when you take your baby to the hospital, the midwives can look at the baby and say something is wrong. Because after six months, the baby is not crying. One year, the baby cannot sit. Two years, the baby cannot stand. There is a wrong, something wrong because there is a predictable growth process. Predictable growth process. Are you understand what I'm saying? When a woman is even pregnant and they go to the hospital, they measure the size of the baby. Am I, am, am I correct? They measure it in the womb. And then they will say that, look, looking at the way the baby is growing, yes, it's growing very well. The baby is growing very well. But sometimes they can say that, no, no, no. The baby is not growing very well. This part is not developing well. So nothing grows by accident. Nothing in this world grows by accident. So don't think that your spiritual life will grow by accident. And let me say this statement. Let me make this statement. Nobody grows for you. So, I'm excited I'm your pastor, but I'm sorry to tell you, I can't grow for you. I can only help you to grow. I can pray for you. I can teach you God's word. I can give you instructions from God's word. But your growth is your responsibility. I can't read the Bible for you. I can read it for myself. I don't read the Bible to come and preach. I read it to grow. Then out of the depth of my growth, I can be a blessing to you. So nobody can grow for you. So this year, like we do, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we are on Facebook. At least that one hour is a very important part of you starting your day. It is not because Bishop cannot sleep. So he doesn't want all of us to sleep. Are you getting what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's not like Bishop No, no, look at my wife. I can't sleep. Huh? When when this thing is by your side, you can sleep, isn't it? Alright. But I I can't also sleep my destiny away. Are you understand what I'm talking about? And some of you, you are sleeping your spirituality away. The Bible says in the book of Matthew that whilst men slept, the enemy came and sowed. So most of us, the things that we experience, sometimes it is because of too much sleep. But this year, you shall be awake. So, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at least you do that one hour. Then Tuesdays and Thursdays, there is what we call the group of five prayer. Where we call each other and we do a conference call and we pray online so that those of you then you realize that as you go along somebody was telling me that bishop surprisingly said now i pray three hours every day yeah that was somebody's testimony he said at first i couldn't even pray one hour but when we do the one hour prayer online either on facebook or whatever it is after that i still feel the urge to pray more so i pray i pray and I've realized that constantly now I'm praying about three hours every day. It is not by accident. By the end of this year, may you be able to pray constantly two hours or three hours every day. 
Well, you don't like this one. Should I say by the end of the year you receive a car? That one you can say amen. I said by the <laughs> by the end of the year, may you be able to pray constantly two hours, three hours every day. Yeah. Clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. So a routine of prayer. Somebody say a routine of the word. Say it louder, please. Say a routine of the word. Say a routine of prayer. And a routine of church service. Church attendance. Attendance in church. Thou shalt not forsake the assembling of thyself together. A routine of church service. Make it a routine. Make it an addiction. There is this young man who attends our church in Jowulu. The prayer's doom. He's one of the richest young men in Africa. And a lot of a lot of you know him. Freedom Jacob Caesar. How many of you have seen Freedom? Yeah. He's a church member in Jokul. The guy is blessed. Blessed, rich. And you may have your own issues, but the truth of the matter is that he never misses church service. He says, Sometimes I can go to bed at 4 a.m., but I know by 6 a.m. I must be in church. He said, when he travels, he says, when he travels and arrives in Ghana, no matter the time, once it is Sunday, he must be in church. Now, this is somebody who is internationally acclaimed. Forbes have reported on him as a rich man, one of the richest young men in Africa. And yet, recently we were having a meeting in Bishop's office, I think last week. And then after the meeting, he was telling Bishop that oh, he just read the book on fasting and prayer. And he said, oh, he has learned so much, you know. And he was telling Bishop the kind of fastings he has learned about. And then he says that he fasts. He says, every week I fast. He's a rich man. And some of us young men here, you don't even have a motto yet. And then you are telling me you are, you are tired because last night you slept at 1 a.m. So you couldn't come to church. Man, what are you talking about? Ask somebody, what are you talking about? Ask somebody, like, seriously? Yeah. Am I speaking to somebody right now? So, have the routine, a routine of church. Develop a routine of church service. I'm telling you. It will bless. One day, I saw that elderly man, um, I've forgotten his name. This man who is about 90 something years old. He came with his tithe to pay tithes. And when I was looking at him, it just struck me and then I said, this is what the Bible means by when Jesus says that you know, store up your treasures in heaven. I said, this man may have never bought a Mercedes Benz on earth, but when we go to heaven he will shame a lot of us young people. Tell somebody, have a routine of church. Yeah. Wednesdays, Sundays. This year, we are making some alterations in our church service, which we will announce maybe by next week. But, you know, days we have church service. If you, especially for those of you, you know, I mean, you are not like 70 years where you cannot drive in the night or you are not something. Oh, Charlie. And, and you are home watching soap opera. Huh? Watching Mexican movie. Ah, Adel. Into Washia, into Umuye. 
Obeshi. Am I preaching? No, no, no. Am, am I, are, you sure, are you sure you are hearing the word of God? Have a routine of the Have a routine of church. A routine of church service. It must be an addiction. It must be an addiction. This year, don't be doing this thing. Today you are in church and some of you, eh, eh, and I didn't come for three weeks and nobody called me. Please. Yes, we know we have to call you, but please, 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 I mean please, please. Why? <laughs> and because I was not feeling well. What was wrong with you? Facts. My, my, my left toe hit. Ingonti, Ingonti. Me poli ye. Ina me nai try. Intina me timi she shu. Intima intimi amasore. Ah. Ebi nai she pio pimu. Ebi wohar ma ye try the nai. Oti asore dem. Eh tonum esa. Awu kukumuti. Ah. I try kranka. Nsenko beba asore. Say amen. Is somebody blessed this morning? So have a routine of church service. Excuses will destroy you. Excuses will destroy you. Tell somebody the excuse will destroy you. Look, as for the devil, he will give you a hundred and one excuses why you cannot do this, why you cannot come, why you shouldn't come, why you shouldn't do this. You know, last week, Huh? Was it last week Sunday that the temple choir ministered? Was it last week Sunday? All right. One of our sisters, while singing, you know, apparently she hadn't eaten, so she just passed out. Is that right? And then they carried her out, treated her. So after the service, I, I sat down here. I didn't move, as if nothing was happening. So after the service, I went to talk to her. You know what she told me? She said, "Oh, Bishop, don't worry. I'm not going home. If I go home, the devil have defeated me." So second service, I'll be here to sing. Second service, I saw her standing here and singing. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? This thing, eh, I'm not feeling well. I'm having a headache. Do you know sometimes what, what goes on when we come to minister? Do you know what happens to us before we come to minister? No, I'm asking, do you know what sometimes happens to us before we come to minister? You have no idea. There are times, <laughs> it's all right. You know, and and since I became a Christian, I don't remember any Sunday, any or midweek that I said I'm home. I didn't go to. I'm not talking about since I became a pastor. I mean, since I became a Christian. Since I became a Christian, God does not commission His generals in their comfortable chairs. If you want God to be serious with you, be serious with Him. This funny, funny business. It has to stop this year. It is stopping this year. If your amen is louder, it means you are ready to stop it. I said it is stopping this year. Lift up your hand and shout, I stop it. Yes. Amen. And then develop a routine of giving. Develop a giving routine. Hey, you guys are looking nice. Develop a giving routine. Is that okay? Yeah. A giving routine. Your tithes. Your offerings, your seeds, do it deliberately till it becomes an addiction. Do it del- intentionally. Do it ah, till it becomes an addiction, a part of you that you can't stop. That when you stop, you feel something is wrong. Do it, and don't let this year be one of the years. Oh, I paid that last month. This month, you know, uh, 
the next month then you come and pay then you say oh next month make it be a school fees I can't pay tight then because of that then the next following month okay after two months I'll come and pay please school fees will come and go death will come and go but he's the same yesterday he's the same today he's the same forever develop an, an addiction or a routine of giving are you understand what I'm saying write this thing down consistency is the mark of champions if you see a champion in any field whatsoever the thing that runs through any champion is consistency 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 is the mark of champions years ago in 1990 something I wrote it in every book I bought consistency is the mark of champions that you are consistent is a sign that you get somewhere. I was telling one of my sons the other day that you can easily predict your future. I said, look at what you do every day. It will tell you what you become. If you are praying every day, reading your Bible every day, giving every day, living holy, living righteous, you can predict what you become. If, you, if every week you fornicate once, you see, seven days in a week. All right. So I fornicate only once. In a week. <laughs> that is inconsistency. Are you understanding what I'm doing? Church, do you understand what I'm preaching this morning? Tell somebody consistency. No, they didn't hear it. Please tell the person, say consistency is the mark of champions. Tell the person, be consistent this year. Be consistent with God. And God will be consistent with you. Clap your hands and give God praise. So, deliberately change your offerings. Intentionally change it. Last year, if I was doing five CDs, this year I want to do at least six CDs. I want to do seven CDs. Yeah. You know? Time will not permit me. But there is a way and there are things that God will do but there are things we must do also. Not by way of helping God. God can bless you, but you can decide not to change your level. You, so you carry a blessing, but you are the same. Your level has not changed. The change of level is not God's responsibility. It's a human responsibility. Somebody understand what I'm talking about? If you had a degree and you were in a company, hmm? working with a degree and they were paying you by the degree and then you got your masters it is not the responsibility of the company to come and say that we heard you were going to school so bring your masters let's upgrade you you have to write to the hr and attach your master certificate and say that i have upgraded myself i deserve to move on you don't just sit at home and say that oh lord i pray lord i finish let them call me no 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 so god would have blessed you but you must do something to also change your level so you carry a blessing this year and you must change your level. Don't, you see, some of the things intentionally do it to change your own level. God, there are things God will not do for us. And as your pastor, I have a responsibility to tell you the truth. There are people I've prayed for and after one year they are the same. Not because God did not answer their prayer, but because they did not take a step. They were still sitting down, putting their hands in between their legs and singing Yehovah Beshe. Yehovah, Beshe, 
After three months, they are still sitting down. Yehovah One year, you are still sitting at the same place. Ten years. Like yesterday, we came for the, 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 the prayer meeting. How many of you were here yesterday? It was a very brutal service. Very, very acidic service. Very, very powerful service. But we pray, chains are broken. People are free to marry. But you have a responsibility. You don't just sit down. 21-year-old girl, you don't go and wear, you don't go and tie duku on your head like my grandmother. Huh? And then you wear atadia bagaya. You have a responsibility. Tell somebody you have a responsibility. And tell the person, change your offering this year. Hallelujah. So, let me conclude by saying that be careful of distractions. Be careful of distractions because if you are going to move on in the year and you have to be steadfast and be careful of distractions. Sometimes the enemy will use things and events to distract you. When the devil attacks and doesn't get you, he will attack those around you. When the devil attacks you, he doesn't get you, he will attack those around you. Just to get your attention, just to distract you. You know, in the course of the fasting and the prayer, I told you that my wife's sister, that's my sister-in-law, very, very close to her family. When she's from UK, she lives in her house. She passed away. The day she passed away, Sunday morning, they called me Sunday dawn. I was coming to preach. I was very hurt. I still came to stand here. And I preached. I never, I didn't break my fasting. I continued. Nothing changed. Because I understood that this could be a distraction. A week after that, my sister, she's been sick for some time. One mother, one, you know, we are three. We have the, the lady who is the first one, and then the second one is a guy, and then before me. So I'm the last one. <laughs> That's just a joke, anyway. You know. She's been sick for some time. We've been managing, managing, managing. You know, last week Sunday, she also passed away. Yeah. And then all, thoughts, all sort of thoughts started running through my head. Now you are the only one left. Your father is gone. Your, your mother is gone. Your brother is gone. Your sister is gone. If you have me. But on Monday, I went to the hospital, checked, made sure they put her in the fridge, do all the things they had to do and everything. Went home, bathed, came here, wore my dress, preached, ministered, laid hands on people, blessed you. I'm not distracted. Are you understand what I'm talking about? So don't be distracted. Stay focused. Tell somebody, stay focused. Those two events in two weeks has the tendency to have distracted me greatly. I mean, your only existing close relative outside your immediate family, wife and children is gone. I mean, somebody told me, oh, get somebody to come and preach. I said, no, who am I calling to come and preach at this time? Uh, uh, no, I just came here, stood here, and I preached, and the service was good. Were you blessed that day? <laughs> he said, oh, but Bishop, may, maybe you are not close to her. Are you sure? Very close. But stay focused. When, when, when anything negative happens to you, don't put your spiritual life on hold because something has happened. Move on. Stay focused. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Somebody say, focus. Yeah, focus. You were expecting something to happen. It didn't happen. Focus. 
this should have happened. Focus. They said something. Focus. The day Auntie Gifty's husband passed away. Was it the following Sunday or Monday? Yes. The following day was Monday. I think we we're having a program. Yeah. The dawn prayer. Yes, and she was on. She was on to pray. A day after the husband died, she was on to focus, 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 focus. Don't let everything blow you away. And anything that you are all over the place, then you say, oh, when I finish morning, then I will start. What do you mean by when I finish morning? Focus. I've gone to have a surgery before that the day after the surgery, I came to church and I preached. Focus. Focus. Don't be distracted. So, the devil will try to use all sorts of means. When it happens, you just thank God. Last Sunday, I just said, Lord, I thank you for all things. You said, in all things, we should give you thanks. I shed a little tears. Huh? <laughs> yes. You know, I shed a little tears and I just said, hey, encourage yourself in the Lord. Life must continue. Move on. Move on. Move on. So focus. Don't give excuses why you are not you are not serving God. Don't give any excuse. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? Yeah. So, and ask yourself these questions. Can God count on you to populate his kingdom this year? Can God count on you that because of you, because you are around, his kingdom will be populated? Can God count on you to finance his work this year? Ask yourself this question. Can God count on your availability and your ability, your skill, your energy for his work to be done? Can God count on you? 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 From January to December, can God count on you? That because you are around, because you are around, his kingdom will be populated because you bring a soul to him. Can God count on you? That if God gave you life, can he count on you that because of life, you will cause his kingdom to be increased? Can God count on you to finance his work? Can God count on you that because of you, the skill he has given you, the, the talent, the energy you have, his work will be done. This year, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God bless you.